Welcome to Foundation Fridays. This is an offshoot of Reverse Reset Restore, where we drop extra info on you on the last Friday of the month. This is the place where we talk about the books that are reshaping thoughts and belief systems, teaching us and guiding us into a deeper knowing of ourselves. Think of it as the book club for the soul. I'm your host Sally and I am creating whole new worlds for myself one page at a time. Hello and welcome to Foundation Friday. This is our monthly book club and today we'll be discussing another oldie but goodie, The Game of Life and How to Play It by Florence Scovel Shin. If you've never heard of this book, and it's likely you haven't, it's a book that offers profound wisdom and practical guidance for navigating life's challenges. Originally published in 1925, this book has continued to inspire and empower readers for decades. I only discovered this book and Florence in the last couple of years, yet her work has had an impact as part of my own journey to healing my past beliefs, experiences, thoughts and feelings. It's jam-packed full of little nuggets like this. The imagination has been called the scissors of the mind and it is ever cutting, cutting day by day the pictures man sees there and sooner or later he meets his own creation in his outer world. To train the imagination successfully, man must understand the workings of his mind. The Greeks said, know thyself. If we are on a journey to knowing ourselves, others who are on the same road can help. Let me introduce you to one of the most prominent metaphysical and spiritual teachers of the New Thought Movement, Miss Florence Scovel Shin. Florence was born on September 24, 1871 in Camden, New Jersey. Her parents, Alden and Emily Scovel, were both from Pennsylvania and her father practiced law in Camden. Florence, or Flossie as she was called by her family and close friends, had an older sister and a younger brother. I believe all three siblings were quite gifted artists. There wasn't a lot more information I could find about her earlier years. However, it is known that she faced some health issues in her early life, as well as her family having had some financial issues, both of which may have played a role in her exploration of metaphysical and spiritual principles as an adult. Florence was a gifted artist and writer, and it was while she was attending the Pennsylvania Academy of the Fine Arts that she met her husband, Everett Shin, who was on his way to becoming a prominent artist and illustrator. The couple married in 1898, and Florence joined her husband in a small apartment in Greenwich Village, New York City. I wish I'd known about Florence at the time when I lived in New York City because, as it turns out, I had actually lived quite close to their studio apartment. We were practically neighbours. Well, you know, just ignore the fact that they lived there a century or so before I did, so not neighbours at all in the regular sense. But they lived on Waverley Place, and I was just a few streets away, on 11th Street between 5th and 6th Ave in the village. I probably walked past their home numerous times. I just love those little synchronistic moments like that, don't you? So Florence was in New York City and she was living the life. And by the life, I really mean my dream life. Her husband Everett built a theater in the backyard of their apartment and Florence starred in three plays that he wrote for that theater. This literally is the definition of my dream, except I'd be the one writing the plays and then performing them in a the little theater. 
Who wants to do that with me? Kind of wishful thinking, but also seriously. Hit me up if you want to help make this dream happen. Anyway, despite living the quintessential artist lifestyle in the village, Florence and Everett's marriage eventually ended. After 14 years together, Everett sought to dissolve the marriage and they divorced in 1912. Everett went on to marry three more times, his second marriage beginning less than a year after his divorce from Florence. But for Florence, she was one and done. While divorce rates were on the rise at that time, and by 1915, 7% of marriages across the states were ending in divorce, it was still not an easy thing to endure, and women were often seen as the villains in the dissolution of the marriage. However, with four total marriages and the rumour mill swirling around for much of his adult life, and Everett's nickname being the dandy of the realist, I suspect that Everett may have been the common denominator in all of his failed marriages. Florence did not have any children and she died October 17th, 1940. So that's kind of her personal life. What I want to talk about now is this book and what led up to its existence. Florence's interest in metaphysics and spirituality developed both before and during her marriage and definitely afterwards. What is metaphysics exactly? Well, it's considered to be a branch of philosophy which explores the fundamental nature of reality. It is the study of the relationship between mind and matter, thoughts becoming reality, existence, space and time, consciousness and cause and effect, among other things. I guess that's kind of what Reverse Reset Restore is all about. Challenging our thoughts, our beliefs, our behaviours and recognising that we have the power to shape ourselves and create the life we want. Modern science is discovering more and more how much this idea of thought becoming things aligns in real life outcomes. But it's truly been a part of our questioning for thousands of years. Plato, Aristotle, Pythagoras, Descartes, Jean-Paul Sartre are just a few of our famous thinkers considered to be also metaphysicians. Florence began sharing her insights through lectures and writings, and her teachings emphasized the power of positive thinking, affirmations, and the belief that individuals have the ability to transform their lives through a shift in consciousness. However, she also noted that it is the responsibility of the individual to make that shift. The willingness to change our lives has to come from within. As Florence so beautifully describes it, it is indeed often an effort of the will to leave the husks and swine of mortal thinking. It is so much easier for an average person to have fear than faith. So faith is an effort of the will. She combined her knowledge of spiritual principles with personal anecdotes and examples to present a compelling and thought-provoking philosophy. Her writing style is accessible and engaging, making complex concepts easy to understand for readers of all backgrounds. She actually ended up self-publishing this first book in 1925 after being unable to find a publisher. Luckily for Florence, she had been working in publishing and had been a successful illustrator of popular children's literature prior to World War I. So she was able to utilize her experiences within the publishing world to make this book happen. One of the strongest aspects of the game of life and how to play it is Scoville Shin's emphasis on the power we can wield over our thoughts and beliefs. She asserts that our thoughts create our reality and by changing our thoughts, we can transform our lives. 
This fundamental idea is explored in various contexts including health, relationships, success and prosperity. And as external as some of this may seem, Florence firmly believes that you can control any situation if you first control yourself. While Florence uses anecdotes and relatable examples demonstrating throughout the book how individuals can overcome challenges by aligning their thoughts and beliefs with their desired outcomes, some of the examples are particularly antiquated in today's modern mindset. This can make reading this book and her other books a little more challenging. However, despite what I personally think sometimes feels like too many examples, the game of life and how to play it is rich in content in ways that makes you forgive her for their overuse. She repeatedly emphasizes the importance of having faith, gratitude, and a positive mindset in attracting the experiences we want, and that it is ultimately up to us as to what we attract. She writes, man receives only that which he gives. The game of life is a game of boomerangs. Man's thoughts, words, and deeds return to him sooner or later with astounding accuracy. In addition to the power of thoughts, Scoville Shin also explores the role of affirmations and visualization in manifesting desires. The power of the words we speak, the words we think, and how they become manifest in our lives. As Florence puts it, a person knowing the power of the word becomes very careful of his conversation. He has only to watch the reaction of his words to know that they do not return void. Through his spoken word, man is continually making laws for himself. To me, this is talking about how we can so easily curse or bless ourselves and others. If you wake up in a bad mood and your first thoughts spring to life with, well, today's going to suck. Well, guess what? It's likely going to suck. You've planted the seed into the fertile ground of your subconscious and conscious mind and off it goes, spreading roots and springing up all day long to make your words real. Of course, it works the other way too. Wake up with the thought, oh, it's going to be a great day and keep that thought even when some difficulties arise and it will be a great day, no matter what. It's all in the perspective. Yeah, life is pretty much providing the half full, half empty glass scenario all day long. And our thoughts determine how we see the contents of that glass. Throughout the book, Florence provides practical techniques and exercises that readers can incorporate into their daily lives to harness these tools effectively. Over and over again, she drills home the power of our words, even quoting from the Bible to bring home the spiritual points that apply. In the following quote, she uses Isaiah as the example of this spiritual truth. Isaiah said, My word shall not return unto me void, but shall accomplish that which unto it is sent. We now know that words and thoughts are tremendous vibratory forces ever molding man's bodies and affairs. The game of life and how to play it addresses the importance of forgiveness and the impact it has on one's spiritual and emotional well-being. Scoville Shin offers profound insights into the power of forgiveness in releasing past grievances and allowing personal growth and transformation to occur. The first time I read the following, it stayed on my mind for days afterwards and began a shift that has helped me in battling some areas of forgiveness I've had in my life. There is no point in asking someone what's the matter with you. We might rather ask who's the matter 
with you. Unforgiveness is the most prolific cause of disease. Every disease is caused by a mind not at ease. I used this quote back in episode 11, which was all about the importance of forgiveness. If you want to hear more on that subject, I've linked the episode in the show notes. As well as resetting my thinking in the area of forgiveness, this book has made me aware that I need to look closer at myself rather than others. As Florence puts it, man's only enemies are within himself. What that statement means, at least for me, is twofold. That what we generally hate in others is what we hate in ourselves. And secondly, that we create our own conflicts, our own battles and enemy lines by the thoughts we allow ourselves to entertain and believe. This book is a valuable resource for anyone seeking to improve their lives and their understanding of spiritual principles. Whether you are new to the concept of manifestation or well-versed in metaphysical teachings, the game of life and how to play it offers a fresh perspective and practical advice that can be applied in various aspects of our life. It resonates with me because I truly believe that our physical health and wellness is informed by what we think, feel and believe. To experience true healing in our physicality means that we must first relinquish anything that is creating illness to begin with. As Florence writes, the body may be renewed and transformed through the spoken word and clear vision and disease to be completely wiped out of the consciousness. The metaphysician knows that all disease has a mental correspondence and in order to heal the body, one must first heal the soul. For me, this healing comes when we begin to renew our relationship with ourselves and find a way to love who we are right here, right now. No matter the conditions our mind, body or lives are in, finding a way to truly love ourselves allows us to let go of our own enemy and make peace. Then we open up space for miracles and healing to happen. While the language and examples are slightly dated due to its original publication in 1925, the underlying principles remain relevant and applicable to modern life. The timeless wisdom shared by Florence Govorshin continues to resonate with readers, making this book a valuable addition to any personal development library. You can listen for free to this book on YouTube. The link is in the show notes. I've also added a couple of links where you can purchase your copy if, like me, you prefer the tactileness of an actual book. I've suggested two copies that you could potentially purchase. The first is The Game of Life and How to Play It on its own. The second link is where you can purchase The Collected Works of Florence. That's the one I went with, so I had all four of her books in one handy paperback. I also suggest this one as I will be, no doubt, featuring the other three books in future episodes of Foundation Friday. Thanks again for joining me and learning about Florence and this invaluable book. Next month, our book will be David R. Hawkins' Letting Go, The Pathway of Surrender. That is another stunner of a book and I can't wait to share it with you. I'll pop the links in to purchase that book in the Foundation Friday Facebook group. Please join that group to keep the conversations about these books and more going. If you know someone in your life that you think would love to be introduced to Florence via this podcast, please share this episode via the share link. And if you have a favorite life-changing book that you'd like us to discuss here on Foundation Friday, please reach out and let me know. You can contact me via Instagram, Facebook, or the Reverse Reset Restore website. I will leave you with a final thought from Florence as we close out this episode. It serves as a powerful reminder of how much we rob ourselves when we play this game of life stuck in living outside of the here and now. 
I know it's something I am being much more mindful of in my own life. And this has allowed me to let go of so many of my worries and ruminations. May its message stay with you too and help to shift your focus to what we have right now. The robbers of time are the past and the future. Man should bless the past and forget it if it keeps him in bondage. And bless the future, knowing it has in store for him endless joys. But live fully in the now.